What makes the good life the good life? This podcast is on a mission to find out. So join us as we explore the Heartland's best and most honest voices. Venture to all four corners of York County, because when it comes to quality of life, it's all about keeping it local. Brought to you by the York County Development Corporation, this is 17 County, Season 4, with a spotlight on York College. Thank you for joining us today. Be sure to like, subscribe, and review our podcast, 17 County Podcast. Doing this helps grow our podcast, and so we appreciate the help from our listeners. Uh, we'd also like to tame, take this time to thank our members who invest in York County Development. Uh, without these great members, we wouldn't be able to accomplish what we do here at York County Development Corporation. Uh, so members such as you know Midwest Bank, Copes Ode Accounting, uh, Green Realty, uh, Cornerstone Bank, uh, Collins Aerospace, all, all great members. Um, if you're curious about learning more of our members or if you're interested in becoming a member yourself, uh, you can learn more information at yorkdevco.com. That's yorkdevco.com. So we'll jump into the interview. My guest today hails from Louisiana, but now calls York home, York, Nebraska. Uh, he came to York with the dream of playing basketball and now lives the dream of impacting young men here at York College. Tree is in his eighth year of, of York College uh, and coaching, um, and he's brought so much to the program with um, his experience traveling around to different camps and his time at Northwestern State. And so I just want to welcome Tree Burks to the show. Appreciate you, man. Thanks for having me. Excited, excited. Um, so this first little question, just get you kind of loosened and talking mm-hmm. and thinking. Um, you're you're walking through the Beaver Creek trails here in York, Nebraska, and imagine um, you stumble upon like a time machine. I guess you you, okay. you wouldn't know it's okay. a time machine until you get to the note. <laughs> but on that note, it says uh, there's enough energy in this time machine to send you somewhere, and you get to come back. That's the good part. You get to come back. Um, where and when would you go? Oh, man, that's a good question. Uh, I'm a twofold answer this. Uh, I would say if I could go anywhere in a time machine, I would go back to probably my senior year in high school. And the reason I would do that is because what I know now, and then going back in my senior year of high school, I may choose a different uh, major, Mm -hmm. education path. Um, Who knows? I, I just think I would, I'm a business guy. Right, right. That experience but, of hindsight, man. Yeah, 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 exactly. So I think I knew I always had a passion for coaching. So I thought maybe I need to be in education if I really want to coach. Mm-hmm. You know, I majored in physical education. But now when I'm thinking about it, I mean, coaching and business go hand in hand. Right. They're more I or less the same thing. I probably back then. I wouldn't say I wouldn't be at York College right now, but I might would have did some things differently if I knew what I knew now. Definitely. I think we all, if we could take advantage of having the knowledge we have today, (laughs) we would definitely change some things. We wouldn't change, you know, so much to where, you know, I have a new wife, I have a new whatever, live in a new community, but, you know, just that little bit of information to make Mm -hmm. things a little bit better. Yeah. So, I mean, that's probably what I do. And then just the second part of that, just kind of talking to you before the show, I may want to go 10 years into the future. Okay. Okay. Just to see, you know, where I'm at in my life, what am I doing? I mean, I think that would be fun to see it and go back, and that way I can know and stop being so ambitious and stressing about something I can't see. If this is where I'm going to be, I don't need to freak out. <laughs> exactly. Then. If it's just going to end up, you know, if it's not where I want to be, then I can keep my freaking out. Yeah. Awesome. Great. <laughs> cool, cool. So uh, Jonesboro, Louisiana, that's that's home, or that's I home. guess previous home. Um, mm-hmm. 
Tell me a little bit about Jonesboro and growing up there in northern Louisiana. So, yeah, Jonesboro, Louisiana, small town, man. Um, it's Louisiana, deep south. It's hot. I mean, I grew up in a town of about 5,000 people. Um, very diverse uh, town. Um, wasn't necessarily the greatest uh, experience growing up, but I love it, man. Love the people of my family there. And it. And I always wanted to do more uh, than my circumstance when I was in Jonesboro. Right, right. And so um, talk to me a little bit about your family, um, mm -hmm. parents, siblings, who was who was around you uh, making sure you, know, you <laughs> didn't get into too much trouble. Right, right. <laughs> so both of my parents, so my mom and dad were uh, separated, divorced. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I grew up in a single uh, mother, with a single mother, single parent home. Um I uh, had two older brothers. I'm the baby boy. Okay. Yeah. Yep. So dad was still in my life, <laughs> just an hour away. So love my mom. Very supportive of me. She was the one that was really pushing me to go out and give Nebraska a chance. And mm -hmm. you know, you fast forward 12, 13 years, and here I am speaking with you. So always uh, thankful for her, uh, and especially my brothers. They've been supportive of everything I've done with basketball and. You know, teaching me what's right, teaching me what's wrong, what not to do, um, what they did that they would tell me, don't do this. Yep, yep. Uh, being big brothers, and um, I had a really good support system, so um, I'm thankful for them in the circumstances we had, and I'm glad to be here, and I'm thankful for them. As far as like family roles, I think being a big brother can be a hard job. I no. mean, I think, I mean, you get you get all the um, the learning lessons from your parents, and then you know you get to you hopefully have a younger brother or sibling that you right. just, hopefully isn't too annoying, and you try to help out. And so, and that's the one thing I had two different types of brothers. My oldest brother was like the law. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. You know, he was the disciplinarian. You're not going to do this. This is wrong. Mm -hmm, you know, mm -hmm. my middle brother was kind of like, well, let him do it so he'll know what's wrong and right. Let him learn. So I had a good balance of both, and I can make really good decisions about going rather down the wrong path or a good path. So it worked out for me. There's definitely pros and cons to, you know, making the mistake yourself or someone, you know, warning you of the yes. mistake. You know, and that. And that was his philosophy, my middle brother. So the middle son, I should say, his philosophy was almost touch the stove, you get burned, you won't do it again. Yep, yep. Older brother was like, no, don't touch the stove. I've touched the stove. <laughs> I know what's going to happen. I know what's going to happen. <laughs> so that's why I said I had a good balance. I've seen a lot, whether that's good or bad. Um I made good judgment, and it's because of those guys. No, it's it's awesome to have that type of support <laughs> system. It's it's very pivotal to a success of a young person. Absolutely, right on. So, where did the love of basketball? When did it become from baseball to basketball? Yeah, it sounds like baseball, baseball had a big role. Yes, baseball was huge. Like I said, in our family. Uh, I guess take a step back. Mm -hmm. How did baseball become? So, was it your mom's influence? Yes, or I think mom's influence. My older brother was good, pretty good at it. He played in high school. Then I think once my second, the middle brother, uh, was really special at it, lefty pitcher. Um, that's when our dad was kind of in the household. He was really pushing that. Um, funny story, man, with how it impacted me to even come to York is that my middle brother decided not to pursue baseball. And okay. not to, and he's good at it. You got to right, think, right. he's good at it. He's on some travel teams. League. He's he traveling. He's doing, doing this yeah. with Nike. Um, 
but he decided not to because he didn't feel comfortable uh, being one of the only African American guys on the team. Mm-hmm. So the influence that he had on me even coming to here is I'm coming from Louisiana, which is a diverse state. Uh, diverse town, even so, she where, everything, yeah, everything top to bottom is, yeah, is diverse. It's, it's just different, <laughs> and I'm saying I have an opportunity to go to York, Nebraska, and play. Mm-hmm. So, and I was a little worried about it being honest. Twelve, thirteen hours away, different region of the conf, uh, country. country. Um, obviously, the diversity is different. It's particularly in York, right? Yeah. Um, and he he just talked to me, said, "Hey, man, I really want you to take this opportunity." Because if it's one regret I had, it was not following through on my travel league and playing and doing that over something that was really as silly as that. fear mm-hmm. and silly. Mm-hmm. Um, so he said, at least just go give it a semester. If you don't like it, come back in December. I'll get you back home. We'll figure it we'll out. We'll figure it out. Yep. And here I am. That's so, awesome. Beautiful story in that. So, But like you said, how basketball get into this? Mm-hmm. I always had a passion, man. I don't know what it is. Nobody in my family is a basketball person. Um, but I just loved it. And I started playing late. I didn't play in the YMCA leagues. I didn't play in the, you know, you're five, six years old when you're just shooting the ball around. I didn't have that. I started playing in the seventh grade. That's so, kind of late. That is late, <laughs> you know. But I would always play at my home. I had a, a basketball hoop in the backyard. Loved it. I loved everything about college basketball and mm-hmm. just the fandom. And I just kind of got good at it. And next thing you know, I was doing both. And then I dropped baseball. And I said, I'm going to just pursue this basketball thing. And I, I mean, it worked out. But my stature, I probably should have just kept being a second baseman. <laughs> you know? <laughs> but, you know. Tree I, is not six foot three. Tree is for the not listeners. six foot three. I'm more about 5'11. <laughs> So I'm about 5'11", 150. Uh, I would have been a pretty good second baseman. So no doubt that that's legit. Uh, that's so cool. So you uh, got into it as a seventh grader. Talk to me about your high school career. Were you a a four year starter? Mm. How did you um, show up in high school as a as a basketball player? So like I said, starting in seventh grade, um, that was a uh, seventh and eighth grade. I did well there. Then I moved on to high school. Ninth grade, I played freshman in JV. Mm-hmm. Uh, we had a really good program in our high school. It wasn't like a you're gonna come from junior high and you're gonna be starting on varsity. That didn't. That wasn't how. It went. A lot of kids <laughs> had that same. <laughs> right. They wanted to play varsity. Right. Yeah. So we had guys signing Division One, whatever the case may be, Division Two. So eighth, ninth grade, I played on the freshman JV team. Uh, then in my uh, tenth grade years, when I got on varsity. I was a contributor. We actually went to what's called the top 28 in Louisiana is where the best teams you've played through your conferences and you go to state. Okay. And they call it the top, top 28. 20. Okay. Instead of so, like a state champion. Yeah, exactly. Got it. So in each class, it's going to be 28 matter. teams there and you're going to play in your semifinals all the way to you the You could championship. be playing class whatever. You're, right, whatever. right. Exactly. It's just so, the top 20. Top 28. Cool. And, that's, um, that's legit. <laughs> then so 11th grade year, bigger role. Uh, producing more, averaging about nine, ten a game. Yeah, getting a uh, handful of shots. 12, yeah, four, you're probably not twelve shots. Yeah, yeah. Eight, eight shots. I mean, we had game. two yeah. Division One players. I was like the third wheel. I'm fine with that. <laughs> you guys are really good. I'll let you guys. Do <laughs> right. That. Yeah. You know, I was the glue guy. That was my role in that year. Love the glue guy. <laughs> I'm the glue guy. So I do that. Uh, we actually return the state. 
This time we lose in the semifinals against the number – they were the number one team. We were the number two team. That was really the championship game, but we played in the semis. Right. But yep. we lost. Yep. All right. Then senior year was the year that really kind of put me in on the recruiting spectrum, on the map. I uh, had a really good senior year. I probably averaged about 17 points a game. Oh, yeah. You know, I was the guy. I'm the number one Were those option. other two Division One guys They're still gone. They're gone. They were, jun- okay. they were seniors when I was a junior. Yep. So, so now we did lose up. a lot of talent. So we wasn't. We didn't go as far, but I, I individually did well. Yeah. Um, you know, being a small guy, point guard, mm-hmm. it wasn't. I mean, I had some Division One walk-on opportunities. Um, you know, that's one of those things that we talked about earlier. If I can get in the time machine, yep, maybe I would have did something different. Correct. But because I wanted what quote-unquote scholarship, mm-hmm. you know, I took an opportunity to go to a Division three school. Uh, I was good academic kid, East Texas Baptist. That's where I started my career. Uh, so I went on the East Texas Baptist, and I don't want to ramble here, but. High school, that's how it happened. Uh, I was a thousand point scorer, uh, averaged about seventeen a game my senior year. Contributed my entire uh, high school career, all district first team. Heck yeah! Uh, so solid little solid high career, career, man. Yeah. Solid career. Uh, you know, it's always good to go home and. So then your your the school you decided to go to was what? East East Texas Baptist University in Marshall, Texas. So talk to me about year one and then we can maybe get into how you got to your college from there. Absolutely. So senior year had a lot of division three schools because like I said, I was a guy that had high GPA. I graduated with a three point six in high school. So I was a pretty good player, but like I said, I was small mm-hmm. compared to bigger schools. Right. You, you know what I'm saying? When so it, yeah. <laughs> my opportunities were the Division three level. Didn't know much about NAI, which what we were in at York College at the mm-hmm. time. Division two was like, mm, probably wasn't quite what they're looking for. And then, like I said, Division one, I, I had a couple walk-on offers, mm-hmm. opportunities. And what if you don't know what a walk-on opportunity is, it's pretty much saying... I'm going to go to your school, but you're not going to give me scholarship, Tell like, athletically yeah. until I can prove myself. But I'm pretty much going to be on an academic scholarship, I'm if that makes sense. Paying my, I'm you, paying, I'm paying to, to be on your team, basically. Yeah, yeah, yep. Um, so, with my GPA and my athletic ability, a lot of Division three schools were on the radar, from Pennsylvania to Ohio. and These are, like, your mini Ivy League schools, mm-hmm, basically. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, so... I decided to go East Texas Baptist. It's two uh, two and a half hours away from home, Marshall, Texas. Family can come to games. Family can come to games. Uh, you know, my father was a preacher, um, or I should say minister. I'm like, this kind of fits the mold of what I'm used to. Yeah, I'm, I'm, right? com- this, this I'm comfortable. Familiar. I'm yeah. comfortable, yeah. Um, I remember he took me out on a visit. We're there. We're watching the game. He's like, I like this school. I think that's where you need to be. I'm like, I like it too. Mm-hmm. But unfortunately for me, I go to East Texas Baptist, and usually when you first get in the schools, uh, you're doing a lot of open runs. Everybody's getting to know each other. You're playing pickup games, and I end up tearing my ACL on oh, my runs. left knee in one of those runs before anything official has even started. Not a real practice. Not a real practice. This is just, just we're guys playing. together. Yeah, yep. a lot of guys, guys don't know guys. each other. We're playing. Were they all on the team? Yeah, all okay, team at least guys. All team all guys. Team guys. Yeah. 
But in, tore my ACL, and honestly, that was probably one of the lowest points of my life just because of a, a little bit of an identity crisis. Like, man, basketball has been everything. It was so much I've of been, you. I've been had yeah. a lot of success. I've been doing this, and now it's like I can't even play. Then naturally, and I don't blame this on coaches or anything, naturally you become less of the program. You can't do anything. What's so, my involvement? What's yes, my role? Exactly. Yeah, what so, do I do here now? I felt a little alienated, mm-hmm. uh, forgot about. Uh, like I said, you got to think this is a guy that's all conference guy. used to being a starter. I'm used, used to, to being be... this. A lot of, you know, accolades and love. I don't want to say this is your first shot of adversity. Yeah, but maybe no, it is within yeah. basketball. Yeah. First shot of adversity, big adversity within basketball. Mm-hmm. How do I handle this? I mm-hmm. mean... I feel like a failure. I don't know what to do. Mm-hmm. Everybody's mm-hmm. asking me, when, when's your plan? When's your game? I'm like, well, I'm in a cast. Man. When you can get back? When yeah, yeah. Back? What's recovery look like? So, and that's kind of where I was at a crossroad and had to ultimately make a decision on what's next because, like I said, I was alienated, didn't feel apart, didn't feel the same love from you know, the the people that recruited me there, which is the business. The, right. the hard truth is that's the, the business. business. Uh, and then I had to make the ultimate decision. And, you know, I don't want to talk too long. I'll let you ask the next question. No, no, no. <laughs> how did we, uh, how did York College get up on the radar then? So you're injured. Yep. I'm imagining they're not actively recruiting you. Absolutely not. Because you are, you know, on the bench or don't have any numbers or anything like that. Yep. So what was the relationship what was the draw? How did you find your college? Or did they, or I guess, yeah. Yeah. So, at this moment, I'm at the lowest of low. Mm-hmm. I'm like, what am I about to do? I'm debating on some of my friends go to a school called Louisiana College. I'm like, maybe I just need to be a regular student. And I, and, and when I say regular student, meaning non-athlete. Non-athlete you know? student, yep. Like, is, is it done? I mean, we're talking about a six-foot guy that got a left knee ACL. You got a bum knee is now. It, is yep. it many opportunities? Um, so what's funny, man, I remember praying, just saying, God, just give me an opportunity. I don't care what the opportunity is. I just want to do this. Give me a door. I know this is not it for me. Mm-hmm. I know this isn't it for me. I feel, I just know. I feel like I'm not done. There's yes. still more to be yeah, done. It's so much to be doing, done. So I prayed about it. I said, God, any opportunity. So... Funny thing, man, I reached out to almost every small school in the country. Hey, emailing, calling, I mean, texting. 100 emails a do. day. Yeah, yeah, like anybody. <laughs> I'm going, I'm literally going through the alphabet of schools, like the list of institutions, <laughs> like A through Z. Got 15 tabs <laughs> on, the, on the Chrome browser. So, yeah. Now, listen to this. The only school that really gave me any like opportunity of any chance was the last school on the list which happens to be in the wise wise a long way from a <laughs> york college and they gave me opportunity a coach named brandon tatum at the time he was actually a texas guy um and i think he he, he knew a little bit about where i was at he knew he was new here. He was kind of revamping the program. He was the very initial start of getting York back. Was to, he one of the first? He like, was like the first guy to really let's let's get York let's back take this to serious. Yeah. Uh, a contender. Mm-hmm. And uh, he gave me a chance. He knew East Texas Baptist. He knew a little bit about me. We connected. I came up on a visit. 
And did you visit in the winter or the summer? I visit in the summer. Ah. <laughs> You're a smart man, right? That guy. Right. <laughs> so now, what he told me is at the time. Now think about this. This is a a lesson on pride and a lesson on just allowing God to work in your life. Um, he said, "Yes, I can give you opportunity. It's late summer, but the only thing I have for you." is a developmental spot this is basically like your jv type mm -hmm. of role right we got two teams here it's so late i got my varsity team i got my we 12 like you i got my 12 yeah but this is all we have and maybe we can talk about some this semester or next year so going back this is a player that's man i'm all conference i mean i'm honorable mention all state I mean, I was going at this school. I was gonna be on the the A team already. Like I'm, who, like who do you think you're talking to? <laughs> Why do I need to earn it? Here's my resume. Right. You know? like, I think it should speak. Google me. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Yeah. But uh, that's and, that youth night. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so and this one, I I had to go reflect back to that prayer and saying, you asked for opportunity, and uh, be this thankful. is your opportunity. Yeah. <laughs> be thankful. So I ended up taking that opportunity. I swallowed my pride. This wasn't about me anymore. This is about the opportunity that I prayed for. I get the opportunity, uh, and I knew what I could do. By semester, I was on the varsity team or, you know, the A team. If I show up, I do. Yeah, if yeah, I go to work, right. if I do my thing, head down, and I would show be, up. I yeah. would be dishonest with you if I said it wasn't times I was frustrated. Like, man, I know I'm better than that kid. Mm -hmm. Like, how is he? And You know, it was just a timing thing. I came right. late in the yep, summer. yep. Um, but I worked my way up, had a decent career. I mean, I played college basketball, wasn't a star, but I was serviceable. Um, a juice guy, kind of got back into a glue guy role, energy. That's all. Yeah. Whatever I can do for my team. I played college basketball for three years. And I mean. That was the dream. That was the dream. Mm -hmm. And and it's worked out just for that small opportunity uh, that I was a little bit prideful about. Mm-hmm. And now I'm the the head coach. Yeah, you can't make this stuff up. It's crazy. <laughs> your your journey from yeah, like pretty much you know almost giving up on the sport. Almost giving up to you know now you're you know probably maybe having these same conversations with others you know students that hey I was in your shoot literally I was and, in your and shoes. I tell people that all the time I've been through every aspect of the program. Mm -hmm. I've been a JV player. I've been. You would quote unquote a varsity player. I've been assistant coach. I've been associate head coach. I've been the I'm the head, head coach. coach. So I know what everybody in the program is feeling. Um, I know how to attack each person mm -hmm. um, just because of whether it's personalities or, or the struggles that I know I felt when I was climbing the ladder. Mm -hmm. I can relate a little bit to everybody on the spectrum of our program from right. the, my assistant coaches who work for me. From guys that's on our developmental team to Just our varsity up. kids, yeah. I mean, Any of your transfers, I know, trans, I know everything. Yeah, that's a good point. Transfers coming in, I was that guy. You have, I, I mean, know you gotta everything. have great conversation with those transfer <laughs> recruits, man. I bet, I bet those are some gold conversations. Oh, it's Just awesome, the, man. The, because yeah, I'm, I can only imagine how hesitant so many people are of this. Like, oh man, to, we'll get to that probably yep, here in a yep, bit. Yep. But I can only imagine, you know, that what you're trying to, you know, do with everything mm -hmm. like that. Um, so talk to me a little bit about, um, I know you kind of uh, did a quick synopsis of your playing career, but talk to me a little bit about, you know, the pros and cons of being at, you know, maybe um, playing at a York College, playing at an NAIA school. Mm -hmm. um, 
for however you see pros and cons, I guess. Or yeah. What, what what are your some things? I mean, so I love York. You know, I've grown to love York. It wasn't like, and kind of what you was talking about the transfers. It wasn't like I woke up in the morning like, yes, my dream school is York College. I'm about to go play York College basketball. Right. I mean, but I've grown to love York, and I think definitely one of the pros is. I know one of the pros of being a basketball player and a student here is just I really thought the people in this community and our uh, school was really nice and almost weirdly nice. Too nice. Yeah, yeah. Why is this person smiling? At you? <laughs> right. What, what so, is going on? <laughs> now, that's definitely a pro. Um, I think the community is definitely safe. Mm-hmm. Um, you're surrounded by good people. Um, and I love, to be honest, as a student athlete at York, I love the environment in, a, in the Freeman Center, man. It's something I won't ever forget as a player and a coach. It's just, I wouldn't change our gym size well, that place or is packed. anything it's for fun. nothing. It's packed. It's fun. It's loud. Uh, I call it Freeman Magic nowadays. It's, there's energy there. It's I so mean, much it's energy. And you can feel it. It's just something about it. And probably a pro, I mean a con, I should say would be my family not being able to come to games. Uh, that would probably definitely be a con by being a York College basketball player like me coming from 12, 13 hours away from Louisiana. The distance. The yeah. distance, you yeah. know. Uh, and you got to think, that was a time where streaming wasn't as popular. Right. Where it's like you got these awesome cameras, you got apps, mm-hmm. and you can get on there and watch anything, anytime. So I think that was definitely probably a con and um in that regard, but another pro is man, I made some of the best friends from the program in my life. We're still in a group text to this day. Um one of my best friends from Kentucky. I mean, we got one from two from Texas, and you got this guy from Louisiana, and it's just a basketball and coming out of your comfort zone and being in a place that is different from what you're used to, and you got other guys and transfers with you. you know, those bonds, mm-hmm. you can't. The camaraderie and yeah, the brotherhood cause you, cause of Because you're not basketball. going home. Yeah, right. <laughs> you know, you're around your guys all the time until Christmas. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So that, that's, that's definitely a pro. How did you know you wanted to become a coach? When was the Was there a moment when you were like a junior or senior mm-hmm. where you were – you know, sitting on the bench or having a conversation with Coach Deal mm-hmm. at the time. Um, how did you know that, man, coaching could be something I want to do? Uh, I It's funny you ask that, but I would say this probably started, man. Or was it, yeah, sooner than that? Yeah, probably. this probably started when I was probably about 15, 16 years old. And I always knew, you know, I always used to have video games, okay? Mm-hmm. I may have college basketball, NBA Live, NBA 2K, yep. et cetera. But I always played those games different. I didn't necessarily want to play me and you were playing the video game versus each other. I wanted to do legacy mode, dynasty. I wanted to create the team. I wanted to coach. And what's funny, I used to have, I would play my video game and I would call a timeout and I'll pause the game and I would give these fake imaginary people in my room a pregame or a timeout speech. speech. Like, it's real deal. Yes. And I said at that moment, I knew, like, 
you're probably gonna coach. Like you love coaching. I'm weird about coaching. This is, <laughs> I, I like this. Yeah. yeah. It, and so in that moment, how I would play video games and legacy modes for over like 30 years on a video game. <laughs> Not even really wanting to play, but build the team and do things like that. I want to get the prestige of the yeah, school. Yeah, uh, yeah, exactly. That yeah. That's when I knew. And then, obviously, when I got to college, I knew I wanted to be a teacher. Mm -hmm. um, I knew I wanted to be a coach. And really, coaching is just teaching. Mm -hmm. And th mm -hmm. that's how mm -hmm. I look at it. Uh, you're just teaching basketball. So I think me going in education was hand in hand of, you know, how to teach Kind of getting that mind right, mm -hmm. and I knew I wanted to coach. I didn't now. I didn't necessarily know if it would be college this fast, mm -hmm. but I did know I wanted to be a teacher and a coach and maybe a high school coach. And it's kind of just worked out, and I just got this love for college. And I mean, I love college basketball and coaching college. I think my ultimate goal, and you, you like you said earlier before the show, show ninety four feet of purpose. Mm -hmm. um, that's pretty much that everything mantra. i love it <laughs> that's pretty much everything i embody as a coach and what that really means is the court is 94 feet um you know we play a pressure defense style uh i heard from the legendary great bob huggins uh he's a pressing guy as well he said in football they don't let you get it at the 50-yard line. They don't just let you walk to the 50-yard line. He said, in basketball, why would I do the same thing and let right. you just start your offense at half court? Mm -hmm. You're going to have mm -hmm. to work for it. Mm -hmm. So that's where it comes to the pressing aspect, but the 94 feet of purpose is everything that we do within the program is going to be to glorify God. We're going to play as hard as we possibly can um, to glorify God. So that's where 94 feet of purpose is about. It's not about me. It's about impacting and developing uh, young men from all over the country. And I think that's kind of my calling on my life. <laughs> For sure. Um, <laughs> I think you're doing a real great job of that. I mean, um, I appreciate it, man. Everything. I mean, I hear so much noise up there. I need to get up there myself. <laughs> um, but I'm looking forward to it. Now that I've learned. And that, we're building, man. Now that I've learned that the high school, the York High School Activity Pass is mm -hmm. transferable to oh, York yeah. College. I wish oh, yeah. I'm, I'm shouting that out every time I and have I'll one of these. And i tell you this, man. Uh, and I said this before the show. If it's one thing I wish I could do better and wish I was better at and I'm going to start. It's building necessarily more relationships within the community rather than the people I work with at York College. Because if you come to a game, I promise you, you will come again. Uh, it's a fun style of play, uh, 94 feet of purpose. Also, York chaos, chaos on the hill, whatever you want to call it. You're going to love it. We're going to play fast. We're going to play above the rim. You come to a game. Enjoy yourself. Hey, I can even throw free popcorn on you. Just let me know. Hey, I listened to the podcast and you said you give me free popcorn. I got you. But if you come to the game, you won't you won't uh, stop coming, man. And it's a lot of stories like that in the community. So come out, check us out, watch some YC basketball. We'll get to your style of play here in a moment. <laughs> I'm I, sorry, my bad. That is something that. <laughs> If I were to ever, I'm not much of a basketball fan, but if there was a style of basketball, that is the style of basketball that there I ultimately want, like, <laughs> I would want to be part of. Um, love pressure. Love getting people thinking when they're not comfortable. Yeah, I love that stuff. That's um, it. So assistant. So immediately, I guess, right after you kind of graduated, you got um, an assistantship kind of role mm -hmm. here at your college. Talk to me about what that was like and how that 
all of a sudden you're sweating every day with these players right. to now you're in a in a suit or shorts oh, or whatever. Man. And what was that transition like? And then, you know, how were those kind of first few years? Yeah, um it it worked out perfect to me for me, I should say. I I was just about to graduate school. Uh I had a semester of student teaching, so I was pretty much done in that previous uh spring, May and I have one your more. classroom work yeah was my done. classroom work was done but I had to stay a semester as a student teach at Hampton right uh public schools and I was kind of in between because I'm like man you know I'm, I'm trying to find a teaching job because I'm like I said I don't know if I'm gonna be a college coach right now it's just hard to get in there and I'm like I don't know what I'm gonna do come December when I'm done student teaching am I gonna teach in Nebraska but who gets a job in the middle of the school year right yeah uh, how am I gonna get hired in December right. like they're gonna have so through. yeah I guess I'm gonna just finish this I'm gonna help out volunteer with the YC basketball program then I may even go home to Louisiana and teach and coach figure something out there. Figure, figure something out for the next uh August but um some worked out one of the assistants decided to leave that summer and believe it or not, man, I was student teaching and a full-time assistant coach. Dang. Like, I started coaching when I was 22 years old uh, on, like, contract. I wasn't even finished school yet, but I wasn't getting paid until I finished. Right. And then I would get paid in the spring. So I, I made it work with Hampton. Shout out to Diane Torson. <laughs> She's awesome for letting me do that and do both. Uh, but it was an opportunity I couldn't pass. Right. But like you said, I was just a, a player. I was the last year. Just so, grinding with these guys. So, yeah. yeah. So how do you go from authority figure, quote unquote, for somebody who is just your friend and your teammate? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, I think the biggest uh, change in the moment that the respect of coach, even though I'm your same age, might be even younger than I was younger than some there of the players. There might be some of those players, yeah. Absolutely. Is one of my best friends, Reggie Johnson. He was like the leader of our team. Mm -hmm. uh, one of my best friends, but we were teammates. And um, he would get in people's face, and he would start calling me Coach Burks. Mm -hmm. like, you need rather to respect Coach treat. Burks. Yes, yeah. and doing that, and like, no, you coach. You mm -hmm. know, that's what you are. He was all about the culture of that. And that moment, it just followed suit. Now I didn't abuse my authority or anything like because I now I got the <laughs> right, now I can now, now I can make you but, run yeah, right right to. exactly yeah, yeah. and it it was it's definitely a slow build into that but that moment of him having the friendship and the respect of like hey you the coach now mm -hmm. I'm gonna call you coach um, that changed the whole dynamic for the rest of the team. And it was an easy transition from there. And I think that's something that, you know, great leaders sometimes, you know, forget Absolutely. is that great yeah. leaders need great followers yes. as well. You know, that, that follower role is, <laughs> is just as important as the leader role. Absolutely. And so to have someone like that to, you know, be behind you and mm -hmm. support you like in that role. And he would, it's like very said, important. he would get in somebody's face and check them on it like, hey, that's this isn't tree, tree anymore. Yeah. yeah. That's coach. Yep. Yep. And you need to treat him like every other coach. And his leadership yeah. really, I mean, that springboarded the whole coach thing with the program. So I'm appreciative. Right on. So you were assistant coach for um, three years. Um, and then you decided to take an opportunity um, as a GA, a graduate mm -hmm. assistant down at Northwestern State. Uh, how did 
how did Northwestern State come up on the radar? Um, what was their relationship there? And talk to me a little bit about your time there. It was just a year, but you probably learned yeah, so much in that year. Absolutely. Um, I mean, it was a relationship there. Um, that was one of those Division One programs that had interest in me. Um, the walk-on situations. I knew the top assistant coach there at the time. Knew of him. It wasn't like anything set in stone. He knew mm -hmm. of me. Um, and so I knew I wanted to get my master's, mm -hmm. you know, so with, with college coaching is like a master's is almost like a bachelor's degree. You need to have, you it. gotta <laughs> have it if you want to be a head coach. Most times it's no real science, right? but yeah, yeah. you get in a pool of coaching of, if you're applying for a job, you get in a certain pool if you got a master's. Yep. They're going like to move you up. Job. They're going to move you up. Right. Just exactly. Yep. So I reached out to that coach that I knew of, and I said, hey, you know, I'm looking to really do this. I, you know, obviously getting back home and being able to do my master's, that would be awesome. If y'all got any opportunities, coach, let me know. And, I mean, he was on the road. I think he was in Oklahoma. He said, hey, I uh, appreciate you reaching out. Hey, I know you are. I remember, uh, give me a call Monday. We were back two couple games this weekend or whatever. I was like, oh, my gosh. You know, I gave him a call and he was like, hey, you need to do this, 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 get into the program. We'd love to have you as uh, long as you can get into the program. I had to take the GRE and all that stuff. Oh, oh man. Oh, yeah. man. The uh, best schools are the ones that waive <laughs> GRE, right. but well, that's another topic. Right. So I ended up getting that opportunity. Still a tough thing, you know, to leave York, but I knew this is what, what it was. I needed to I do this. I was doing this. I needed you know? to do this. Like when yeah. I got the opportunity, I'm like, Division One experience. I'm going to get to see it. I got to travel to different places you see on TV. Got to play against the Oklahoma Sooners, oh, man. Arkansas yeah. Razorbacks. I mean, Houston Cougars, Texas Tech. These big names. Big these, names. These programs. Being a part of that and being on the road and seeing, like, even, you know, potential pros like Buddy Hill and all these guys. Um, so, got there and. I mean, it was going from pretty much being uh, the second tier of a program to being the very bottom. Mm -hmm. uh, when you're a graduate assistant, you do all the dirty work jobs that none of the assistants you want to do. You get to put out cones. No, you get to pick up stuff. man. <laughs> and we practice at 6 a.m. every single day. And so you were uh, there at probably 5 oh, or 5.30. Oh, yeah, 30. absolutely. Every yeah. day. And yeah. On top of a master's that's in class, not online. And with master's classes, there would be two and three hours at a time. I mean, were they evening classes, like six to eight, six to nine? Yes. Oh, and so <laughs> I had a five to eight, and I'm like having to get back up at five in the morning, and it was a grind. That was probably probably one of the hardest years of like working hard and just time management. And you've been a coach, you've been a manager, you've been a everything, a, a trainer school and when they talk about stress this is that positive that stress that kind of almost builds where you. Yeah. i'm like you know if i can get through this i can do anything i can literally do anything. <laughs> i know it yeah yeah and so that was good for me i learned a lot um from fundraising that was big just seeing how hard those coaches worked and seeing you know just the daily operations of really building and preparing six to six. a successful program six to six and i mean if you're lucky yeah that's what i'm saying you <laughs> hopefully one of those coaches lucky. don't say can you stay here with me while i finish let's this watch it. film for the next two hours <laughs> so yeah. i mean good moment i mean i had to take a lot of uh criticism mm -hmm. they were yell at you 
That'll get you ready. It got me prepared, so I wouldn't change it. It was one of the hardest years of my life, just working hard, but it worked out and it helped me and propelled my career. And it was just one year then for the, the Yeah, so I did that for one year. Um, then I had the opportunity to come back to York, York on an associate head coach basis, a uh, little bit more responsibilities, a little bit more uh, financial. And I came back. I couldn't pass on that opportunity because you – you're talking about working on an assistant, full-time work, but part-time pay. Mm-hmm. And coming back to be, you getting your master's and full-time pay. 80 hours a week. And yeah, you're yeah. You're right. <laughs> I'm like, I don't know. And when you're a graduate assistant, you don't know. It's a two-year program. Mm-hmm. So I could take the risk of coming back and finishing and not have a job. Right. So I decided to say, hey, I'm young, associate head coach. I mean, I think I should take that. And I ended up finishing my master's degree that semester while I was coaching. Still a lot of responsibility. Oh, yeah, yeah. But I got done with that in December, and I was good to go. So you mentioned it a little bit that um, you had um, the one year um, mm-hmm. where you could stay at Northwestern right. um, State, or you could come back. How did you arrive at that associate head coach, and how was it offered? So I left, obviously. I think it was 2014. I left. I know, like I said earlier, I wanted to get my master's. I know this is important. Um, I'm not getting a lot of money. I actually took a pay cut. Mm-hmm. You know, even though I was only getting part-time pay at York, I actually took a pay cut just to get my master's because right. I thought it was important. That was an investment. So I did that for a year, like I said. And at the end of the year, Coach Deal, we talking. He called me. He said, hey, man, our, our assistant here now is leaving. Hey, that's that sounds appealing. You know, long story short, you know, obviously my wife is from York. Mm-hmm. Um, it's an opportunity to open to be a associate head coach. He made the he made the pot sweet for me. Mm-hmm. I can't lie. Um, you know, I'm I'm about to get married. All these different things. Um, so I ultimately decided. All right, I don't know if I'm gonna get a job next year after my graduate assistantship. I can't expect York to be open again. Uh, it's the unknown. I can't make them wait. I can't either. make them wait. I don't know. I just think, and I and I talked to one of the assistant coaches who was really a good mentor and friend for me, Bill Lewitt, and he said, "Hey, it, you can't live off not knowing what something can happen." He said, "It's hard to get jobs. You have a job opportunity. I think you should take it." And this is coming from somebody that's on their staff, somebody I respect. So ultimately, that's how I came to the decision to say, I think I need to go back to York, be associate head coach, at least have something, you know, some financial stability. And that's the decision I made. And it just worked out. And two more years after that, I became the head coach. So a great decision. When did you, so we talked a little bit um, about your 94 feet of purpose, yep. um, how um, that is your mantra about, you know, working hard and everything like that. Mm-hmm. Um, when did you start to adapt your coaching philosophy of this high pressure, mm-hmm. um, we're going to attack the rim, we're going to, um, we're, we're going to make them work the whole length of the right. court, we're not going to let them just set up at the half court mm-hmm. or whatever. Um, I think back to the Coach Carter um, uh, <laughs> movie where you know they're sitting there practicing and 
they're they're trying to figure out what they're going to do for their game because they haven't practiced any offense. Right. So they yeah. ask the coach, "What are we going to do for practice?" And he's like, "Well, or what are we going to do for offense?" And he's like, "Well, what did you guys do in practice?" Well, we ran. Well, that's what I want you to do for Absolutely. offense. So I'm very I'm very excited to hear how this philosophy came about. Yeah, um, it's something that's kind of been with me uh, through my entire playing career into my coaching career, and it's just what I'm comfortable with, what I'm know, what I know, and what I believe in. Um, when I was in high school, we did a lot of run and jump, trapping the basketball, full court. We would run and play fast, play above the rim. We had the athletes, and, you know, when you got the horses, you got to run them. Right. Put them to work. <laughs> if they're going to work, put them. So then I moved on, you know, to my college days on the coach deal. He was a big guy in transition. He played fast. He didn't necessarily press, you know, but – play really fast, we'll score, we'll put up 90-some points a game oh, in yeah. college, man. Yeah, big points. You know, really, and that's kind of where I got the uh, that type of transition style and how to teach that and, you know, being under him, that helped me realize, you know, what I want to do offensively in transition. So and then when I was even back to when I was being a graduate assistant, they play an unconditional um unconventional style of play where they play five in five out five players Flat, in platoon subbing. Pl platoon subbing and they press they play pressure and it was right up my alley mm -hmm. so i'm soaking all this in how you doing this yes. what things are you and trying I would to do just what are you looking for hoard oh, yeah. all the practice plans and the drills and my assistant coach was like you still want this huh and he would just give it to me Yep. And I will keep it because I knew this is what I wanted to do. I'm going to implement I'm, this. I'm implementing this. So it, it became a little bit of what I learned from my high school days, from college, a little bit of the platoon subbing, as well as some of the guys that I read about and I look up to, like Shaka Smart, mm -hmm. uh, my favorite coach. At, uh, he's at Texas now, but he had the havoc at VCU. Um, 40 Minutes of Hell with uh, Nolan Richardson, older coach. Uh, just those things I always had an interest in. And that's kind of how I just put it all together into my own thing. Mm -hmm. uh, and that's where the 94 feet of purpose. Um, and it's a little bit about using your God-given gifts to play as hard as you possibly can. If you want to play this game, glorify him with your gifts. Right. And play hard and mm -hmm. play the game 94 feet with everything you have, with purpose. So if somebody's watching the game, you feel inspired by that person that's playing so hard and he's so passionate that you become inspired about whatever you do. So that's pretty much what it is. And Coach Carter is right. Run, <laughs> run, run. I, uh, I was doing a little bit of research before this, um, and I was scrolling through your Twitter, um, and there was a quote in there that, it especially hit me now after what you just said, and um, to be lazy is disrespectful to the people that believe in you. Amen. And that was, and that quote, and those what you just said right there <laughs> could not be more together. It's I mean, so disrespectful um, to the people that believe in you. Again, I'm, and I'm looking at my own situation. If I came out to Nebraska as a student athlete, and my mom is sacrificing, making sure I got everything I need, whether that's my phone is on. She always tell. She always told me, "You go and play basketball. Go get your degree. You don't have to work. If you do that, I'll supply you everything you need. If you just go, go 
be great. Just focus on that. Focus on focus on that. Graduate. Go play basketball. I don't want you working if you don't have to. And it would be disrespectful to her if I was lazy and didn't come through on my end. So that was my motivation. And most kids don't have the opportunity. Most kids have to work. You have to play your sport. You have to do all these things. And and so for her sacrificing, and she don't make a lot of money. Mm-hmm, like mm-hmm. I told you where I'm from, Jonesboro. Um, so for her to say that, I knew she was serious about me getting my education and doing what I love. And, and I love her to death for it. Awesome, awesome. So that time with Coach Deal, how did that set you up to be successful as your current coach? Because like you said, you were essentially coach num- head coach number two or mm-hmm. you know, uh, head coach in waiting right. almost. And so what? how did that kind of help you, um, you know, with him kind of still being around, but yet mm-hmm. you wanting to kind of take over, what that dynamic kind of look like, and then how did it kind of set you up to be more successful? And do you think it would was more beneficial than just a – a clean handoff where yeah, he's yeah, done yeah, yeah. and then you take over, <laughs> you know, instead of that overlap. Yeah, uh, you know, first and foremost, man, I respect Coach Deal a lot. Uh, he's a really good coach. He's moved on to Sagu down in Texas and doing really good things. Um, but we were, and we talk about it to this day, we were probably tag team champs, man. <laughs> we worked so well together. Um just from personality standpoint, just from uh, being able to challenge each other without being disrespectful. Um, and it was just a genuine love and a friendship, and I think that helped us be very successful. Um, and just being around and him allowing me to be who I am. I'm a creative guy. I'm always thinking outside the box. And it was never like, hey, just focus on this. He would just let me be me, mm-hmm. uh, whether that was video stuff, productions to try to um, up the program. I mean, just a- any type of different thing, whether it's changing the scouting report format is like, hey, just make the program better and mm-hmm. just do your thing. Mm-hmm. Like, That's And cool. that, that helped me grow and I got to learn things. Uh, but I will say this, I mean, just being the assistant coach and going into the head coach um, it's a lot different, regardless if it's six to ten inches across from the seat mm-hmm. in the game. Uh, when everybody's looking at you for the answer for everything, I mean, it's different. But I think our time and, like you said, coming back and being associate head coach and him giving me more reign, um, it prepared me ultimately for my opportunity. So tell me about the program as it stands today. So you're eight years into your program, mm-hmm. five years into your, or I guess, Five years into as a head coach, three years into as you're the head coach. Yes. It's your program now. You, everything, the bunk stops at you, <laughs> if you will. Five years as assistant, three years into the head coach. Um, where's the, you say, where's the stance and position of the program? So, you know, we obviously still want to compete on a very high level. Uh, we went to the national, the NAI National Tournament uh, last time in 2017. Uh, it was a transition then from me and Coach Deal. He decided to move on. Uh, and anytime there's a transition, things in the program get ruffled a little bit, whether that's players decide to go one way, players mm-hmm. decide to mm-hmm. stay, you, you know, it's just recruits. People are people. Recruits right. have to choose. And, you know, we handled that stuff awesome. It wasn't no, 
I'm mad you took this recruit with you. I'm mad. So it's kind of been a a, a rebuild, mm-hmm. if you will. Mm-hmm. But we've competed. We haven't really dropped off of totally off the map. We've been to four consecutive uh, postseason right. uh, conference uh, tournaments. Had an opportunity, you know, anytime you go to postseason play, you have a chance to go to national. So we're we're proud about that. But right now we're kind of in that rebuilding stage. We've got a young group. Uh, like I said, we're always going to be competitive. We're probably just a piece or two away from returning back to uh, national contenders. So still working on that, man. That's a dream of mine always. Uh, just, to, uh, just to allow your guys to see the hard work they've done and get rewarded by being one of the best 32-64 teams in the nation. And that's what you work for. It's not necessarily about me, but I want them to feel a sense of accomplishment. Um, and it's hard. It's, it's more losers than winners. Uh, it's probably 200, 300 NAIA teams and only 32 gets to go to the national tournament. Exactly. So you got to be special, and that's what we're working on. And we're going to get there. No doubt. No doubt. And so if I come to a game, who should I be looking out for? Who are the what who are players? Maybe give me a number or, All right. or names or whatever. Who am I looking for? You need to be looking for number five, Keon Hoskin. He's a sophomore from Duncanville, Texas, about 6'4". Uh, big guard. He's kind of a point forward for us. He okay. brings the ball up. Uh, like I said, we got a young group. We got another guy, uh, sophomore from Topeka, Kansas, Kobe Bunner. Um, point guard shoots it. Uh, and Eric Lanier. Eric Lanier is from Bellevue, Nebraska. He was our leading scorer last year. He was preseason all KCAC all conference. Yeah, he's a fun. He's probably a fan favorite. Everybody likes to watch him and. And ultimately, all of our guys. I can name everybody. Uh, but number four, Eric Lanier is probably, the quote-unquote, the face from other program, being right down there from Bellevue, Nebraska, right. all-conference player. Um, and come out to the game, and you see a fun style of play. No, I'm looking forward to it. I just saw a highlight. I don't know when you guys did the dunk competition, but yeah. the one where the guy did the soccer off his oh, foot yeah, yeah. and headbutted it. Yeah, that was That, that was, was perfect awesome. because he was perfect <laughs> extension. Yep. It was a beautiful thing. thinking moment. about Lance Yule. Yep, yep. yep. He graduated. It, it's unfortunate that we can't keep the players for more than four I years know, sometimes. Right? You know, I um, know. Life here in York, in York County. Talk to me, you know. Um, you're, you're married. Um, you have a couple kids. Talk to me about you know family here in, in yeah. York and what that looks like. So I'm married to Jordan, uh, previously Jordan Johnson. She's now Jordan Burke. She works here at York General Hospital. Uh, she's a nurse and uh, labor and deli- delivery. So she's doing what she loves. So happy wife, happy life. Um, I have two beautiful kids. My daughter is four year old, about to turn five on January the fourth, Lakin. Um, and I have a two uh just now turned three. Uh my son Asa and he's a handful. They're totally different. Uh so yeah, got my wife and my two kids and you know, she's a York girl. So we have family here and grandparents and you know, yeah, good grandparents. Good too. grandparents. <laughs> I mean, from uncles. I mean, oh, great uncles. Great too. uncles. uncles I mean, great. yeah, it's so many of them. But you know, we got Carrie, Carrie, Carrie Ralph, all those. I guys. mean, it's characters. Yeah, it's a lot of it. So it's a lot. It's a lot of family, and it's good to have family that really uh, invest in you and your family. So it's good to have people, and you get a little bit of everything. You got 
I mean, they do all different types of professions. So if you need something, you can reach out to one of the uncles, uh, the grandparents. Right. So um, you've clearly had a bond to this community. I mean, you've mm-hmm. came back a couple times now right, and everything right. like that. What about this community has appealed to you? Why? Why? I mean, your employment was a big reason for coming back mm-hmm. here, but um, ultimately, it's the community. I feel like that yeah, kind of impacts you. So, absolutely. what about the community that appealed to you? You know, I think people people leave places, you know, but I don't think people leave people. Right. Um, and the people in the community is something that really appeals to me. Um, like I said, I like you said, I rather. I've been connected, being my wife is from York. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I've been a student athlete at York College. I mean, I have deep relationships with people in the community, and that appeals to me just, and for my kids' sake. I'm a small town guy, I'm a country boy. Um, you know, York isn't super big, mm-hmm. but it's not the smallest I've ever seen. Right. Um, so I, I think even just the safety for my kids and going to school and I mean, I can have a game and they're running all around the court and I feel good about it. And just because I know everybody in the in the facility mm-hmm. and somebody's going to make sure they're okay. Things Something bad like happens, that. I'll yes, find out. Yeah, you know. Uh, so that's, that's huge to me. Um, and I work for great people. Mm-hmm. Uh, and like I said, it's family. So this is definitely, it has a special... Uh, spot in my heart i love york i love the community um you know we'll see what happens man we hope to have you for much much longer (laughs) Uh, i understand that sometimes coaching can take you wherever based upon everything i've heard right but uh we we love to have you here as long as you want to be here Mm -hmm. i appreciate it man i didn't ask what are some things um that maybe you would like to see maybe brought to the community or some improvements um that could be done whether that's you know expanding our park system or you mm-hmm. know, trying to um is there a certain type of business that you think would be good in the community what's some some type of improvements that you maybe are looking for i would definitely like if i can a variety of food spots okay i'm a food connoisseur man i like different restaurants i like to go i go to lincoln a lot and eat mm-hmm. different things um that would probably be number one um I could use a mall or an outlet. <laughs> maybe not a maybe not a mall, mall, but an outlet. I think an outlet would be great. Uh, Whether it's a Nike outlet or an Nike outlet. outlet, Nike outlet. We're a Nike school. <laughs> Shout out Nike, York College partner. Uh, give me a Nike outlet and more food options. I'll be good. There we go. I'm, I'm a big fan of food as well. So man, I, I'm gonna. I'm a fan of that. So that brings me, that's a great transition to our rapid fire questions. Okay. Um, what are, what is your favorite restaurant, I guess, in York or York County? Is there something in York or did you go to like, um, I guess, Carrie's probably. Uh, yeah, that's you, what I was you about gotta, to say. You got to have to say that Carrie's, one. Carrie's, so. I have to say Carrie's. Shout out Carrie's. Unk. <laughs> <laughs> Good food over there. But yeah, I would definitely say Carrie's. And if I'm saying within like York solely you have to go with La Casina man oh yeah <laughs> that is the fan favorite without a doubt it's those chips man there's something yeah, that's salsa something about it something <laughs> those about margaritas it. ain't bad either man. I tell you what those margaritas are pretty good 
Um, next question here is your college is getting a new sports program, eSports. Yes, they um, are. Talk to me a little bit about, I mean, what are your kind of initial thoughts, reactions, whatever, um, related to eSports? Well, I'm a little bit ignorant to the fact of eSports, to be honest with you. I, I have the big picture, I think. I know what it is, gaming, sports. Right, right. Now, I'm excited. I think it's going to be great for our campus just have uh, another group of students that have interest in something totally different. Totally agree. I think that's so great. I think that's going to be awesome for our campus and really seeing legitimate gamers. Mm-hmm. That's this is what I do. When you look at, let's, we're talking basketball, somebody invest in their craft every day to be the best they can. And I'm thinking it's going to be gamers. It's not Joe yes, Schmo like, going down yeah, to the right. center putting up shots. You know, like, these people care. They really care and they put time into this. So I think that's going to be awesome for our campus and just more people and, like I said, a, a group of people that have a different interest. So I always like to see our campus growing. I'm looking forward to that gamer arena that yes, maybe gets yes. built or whatever. And they're, where and the, they're the showdown. On it. I'm, they're looking, on I'm it. looking forward to that. <laughs> um, so you mentioned you love food. What's a favorite meal that you, um, you know, maybe uh, a home cooked meal that mom made, a home cooked meal that you found here, um, a restaurant meal that maybe Ooh. you love, or one of each because it's hard to choose. Mm. What's what's maybe a favorite meal of yours? A favorite meal of mine. Well, first and foremost, I'm a wings guy. Okay. I should I shouldn't say I'm a food connoisseur. I'm a wing connoisseur. <laughs> I like trying different wings. Um, wing stop by far is on top of everything right now. But I did find a new place in Lincoln. You need to try it out. Where are we at? Unbewingable. Unbewingable. They have wings with all type spicy ranch. They have hot Cheeto chips wrapped in a wing they have fruity pebble wings they have whatever <laughs> they get creative they get creative man unbewingable every time i'm going to lincoln i'm getting hot cheeto wings and that that that's gotta be the place i got another one for you in lincoln if you uh are looking for a wing place it's called the watering hole oh right I downtown heard of that. right downtown there's a buffalo on the wall that sends smoke out of its nose like every 20 <laughs> minutes or something mm-hmm. like that. The head turns every now and again, too. Okay. Um, it's a the pretty watering hole. The watering right, hole. You got to check that, that out. Down, uh, another place, keeping it more local, um, Grafton, down south of York. Okay. So it's south of McCool. Um, they have wing night on Wednesdays. Um, I think my admissions director <laughs> told me about this place. Yes. But I don't know for sure. But I think that's it. You need to check it out. And I'm going to check that out. Yeah. If you and like I'm, wings, oh, yeah. Yeah, I'm going to check that out. 20 minutes out. Okay. You, it's doable. Yeah. And, <laughs> and also, being from Louisiana, from the Deep South, I love seafood. Oh, oh my. Are you uh, 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 the crawfish boil oh, or that yes. type of stuff? Man, don't get me going. You and Billy uh, Lonez need to get together if oh, you don't and already. We have okay, we have before. We just don't a lot, <laughs> you know. So yeah, they're from Alabama. Yeah, same type of thing. We they get love it. that crawfish boy. They were just oh, talking. He was just telling me the other day about how much he loves that catfish, yeah. and I can get going. Man. Shrimp. <laughs> I had shrimp last night. Oh man, <laughs> you're gonna get me hungry. It's only three thirty, <laughs> man. Um, favorite memory um, here in your county, or whether it's a series of memories or maybe one memory, mm. what's something that you maybe look back on um, as a kind of a fond moment that you had here in New York? Man, so many, so many great memories from my time as a student athlete or 
coach, resident. I would have to say, so I won't get in trouble. I mean, marrying my wife got to be up there and having some of my former teammates being my wedding and one of my best friends who was a teammate, my best man, having all of them come back here at York. And it was almost like a wedding slash reunion. Those are the best. Oh, man. That was probably one of the best times. And from my kids being born um, and on an athletic standpoint, being able to go to um, three national tournaments, I mean, at a, such a young age, um, the pinnacle of, you know, our level in NAI basketball, just seeing the smiles and the, the happiness from not even just our team, but the, the college. Right. You know, having pride in something. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. And I can go on and on and watching guys graduate to – my mom recently came up and seen our first game oh, and me coaching uh, last special year. Moment. Special, special. And it was my mom and my oldest brother. And just from me taking the jump to come to York for them coming to visit me in my home with my family, I think mm-hmm. I, that was awesome as well. So I got a lot of them, man. That's awesome. I'm glad you have so many memories. I mean, so many firsts and things yep. like that. I mean, that's, that's good to have. I mean, mm-hmm. hopefully it helps keep you here and all that kind of stuff. <laughs> Um, if there was, this is a fun one, also with food. Okay. Um, if you were a type of food, what type of food would you be? Soul food all day. Soul <laughs> food. You know, I'm good for the soul if I'm a food. So, yeah, soul food, man. Good, good, good. And then uh, what's uh, maybe a favorite county or a local event, something that you look forward to every year, whether it's, I don't know if you go down to Mustang Roundup down in McCool or if you nah. you'll do York Fest or what's something that or the county fair. What's Ooh, something yeah. that maybe you kinda look forward to? Song fest. I don't know if you're big Ooh, into yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. I mean I enjoyed the county fair. Yeah. I think that was good for our family, just getting out and my kids smiling. I seeing the animals. Oh yeah. Um, it's yeah. always fun to expose the kids to young, different types of yeah, animals and, and stuff like that. Being able to touch them. Yeah. Yes. Instead so, of seeing them in a book or on right. a screen. And or then whatever. I get to be a kid again. Sometimes. Right. <laughs> you know, play games, try to win my football. Work out that arm and try and try, yeah, knock those balls Live in over. my glory days with <laughs> baseball and all this stuff. So, yeah, the York uh, County Fair, that's always good. And then the parade is, is always fun too. And mm-hmm. we get to walk in the parade as a college. and um, that's kind of been going on for years. Not yeah, so with much your fest. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, that would probably be my ultimate two that I can just two good events too. Yes, there's always something for everyone too at those right. events. You know. Yeah. All right. So this last little segment, um, we're gonna write, um, but uh, just want to talk about you know the positive things going on in our life. So you know what's making us happy. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'll kind of go first. Um, the th- good things that are going on in my life. Um, I'm very excited for um, all the different housing projects that are coming on in our community. Yes. Um, I think it's great um, that we're addressing the need um, for housing in our community. Um, Man, that is big. Um, elaborate on that. When it, When is all the housing projects coming into fruition? Yeah, so um, we just um, finished up... Um, the York Creekside Apartments over on Nobes and Grant Avenue-ish area, yep. um, Nobes and Iowa Avenue. Um, those are 48 apartment units that are um, 
pretty decently rated. They're not income based or anything like that. They're uh, market rate. So um, think of uh, like a unit that you would find in in Lincoln or yep. Grand Island or Kearney or something like that. And then a good place for a lot of people to kind of go. Um, we also had the Vistas at Meadow Grove over yep. on 19th and can't remember what that is, but it's over by Miller Park. Mm-hmm. Um, and those are uh, 24 duplexes, 40, 48 units there. Um, those are income based. Um, they're all three bedroom, two bath. I think rents right around five ninety five a month, um, which is phenomenal for yeah, a three bedroom, is. two bath room. That's awesome. Um, it's a whole community that just kind of sprang up um, over the last year, and so mm-hmm. um, there's going to be a second phase to that project to where they're going to build some more houses just to the north of that. So we're in the talks right now with that developer on what that's going to look like. How many for sale units do we have any that are um, for our elderly population? Because we do have a population of 65 mm-hmm. plus in our community. So we want to make sure we're addressing those people. And you know, if they want to downsize out of their huge house and not have as much landscaping or as much vacuuming or anything to take care of, um, that's kind of what we're looking for. And then finally... Um, this isn't something YCDC has had a hand in or anything like that, but um, Shadowbrook um, community just north of the elementary school yep. and east of the middle school, um, right there on Main and, was it Harry Lane or Meadow Lane or something like right. that? Um, there's going to be uh, 120 houses right there. And so that's going to Yeah, I think explode. that's what I'm interested in right there. Yeah, so it definitely would be a great right. first starter or yep. second home, home for yep. you all exactly. if, if you're looking Brand for something homes. like that. Yeah. Go check that out if you're looking mm-hmm. for anything like that. So, and that's probably what, be a year? Yeah, it'll probably be about a year until anything's yeah. probably really done. They're Perfect. doing the dirt work right now. Perfect. So yep. if you're interested in anything like that, <laughs> take a look. But what's yeah. making you happy there, uh, Tree? Uh, oh, man. I'm definitely, I'm blessed, man. Um, just watching my kids grow up, um, getting into daycare and schools and uh, wife's happy, family back home is good, and just the opportunity to compete. You know, my job is to be a, you know, coach and mentor. And with COVID, just it's been a rocky year for mm-hmm. athletics and student athletes, and just being able to ha- be able to be a positive impact for our guys in these tough times because they want to play. Um, so, just being around them, uh, working every day making a difference, walking in my purpose, 94 feet of purpose. Um, that makes me happy. That makes me feel like I'm doing what God wants me to do. Awesome. <laughs> that, that, I'm, I'm glad you're in, in a good place like that. Mm-hmm. So thanks again for your time today. Um, appreciate it. I appreciate you know you sit down with me over the last about hour and so many minutes. Um, but, yeah, I, I very much appreciate that. So um, I'll leave you to close out the show. If you have any final words, if there's a quote that you want to share, if you want to promote the basketball program, the combination, whatever, <laughs> you could close out the show however you want. Oh, man. Uh, I appreciate everybody that's listening. Um, if you want to get out and have a good time, come out and check us out. York College of Basketball, you can check out our schedule at ycpanthers.com. Um, fun style of play. Uh, I'm a good guy. You can come and talk to me anytime. You want to watch practice, email me, let me know. Uh, want to get more involved in the community. So anytime, reach out. Um, I'm willing to talk. I'm willing to be involved. So now I'll leave you with this. Sometime God will put a Goliath in your life. So you can find the David within yourself. Uh, 
have peace, blessings. Thank you for having me. Awesome. Well, thanks for everything, Tree. You have a great rest of your afternoon. This is 17 County, a new podcast brought to you by the York County Development Corporation in Nebraska. For more information about life and opportunity in the heartland, visit yorkdevco.com. Come grow with us. And if you liked this episode, be sure to rate and review 17 County on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen.